Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 105. So for the last few weeks, I've been choosing my favourite episodes from the back catalogue. Out of the 100 or so episodes in the archives, I've chosen some of the episodes I've most enjoyed putting together. So we started by revisiting one of my favourite episodes about cultivating curiosity. Then I shared four questions with you that will make a huge impact on your museum and gallery programmes. Then in episode 103, I revisited the 12 benefits of slow looking. And last week, I shared a really popular episode about how to read the room when you're with a group. So today, in the final of my top five favourites, I'm sharing 13 tips for getting started with using thinking routines in your art or object discussions. But before that, now that we are over 100 episodes, this podcast is a great resource, but it's also quite an undertaking. It takes hours of work every week to ensure that new episodes are designed, edited and delivered. If you want to support the show and keep it going from strength to strength, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. And you can also help this podcast reach more people by posting about this show on your own social media accounts and by sharing, liking and commenting on my social media feeds too. Find me everywhere as at Thinking Museum. Do recommend the Art Engager to all your friends too. Thank you for all the support. It does help to keep this show growing. So now let's get on with today's show. So in September, that's 2023, if you're listening in the present, I'm going to start teaching my Visible Thinking in the Museum Online Beginners course, also known as VTMO Beginners. This will also coincide with the publication of my book about the VTM approach too. Now, I know from experience that when I teach this first course, there is always a buzz when we get going and an enthusiasm to learn as much as possible. There are a lot of thinking routines to choose from and it can be oh so tempting to want to try out as many as possible at once. However, As you'll see from this episode, it's always good to take a step back and slow down. Enjoy the process and don't be tempted to try everything at once. So here are 13 different tips for getting started with thinking routines. Things I've learned from my experience using them with art and objects over the past 12 and a bit years. If you're new to using thinking routines or the VTM approach, this episode is for you. 
So this week's episode is for anyone who has just started out using thinking routines in their art or object discussions or are using them to engage their audiences in different ways. So here are my top 13 tips for getting started. So my first tip is get to know one thinking routine really well. So although I have a list of over a hundred thinking routines in my ultimate thinking routine list, I don't advise trying to get to know all the thinking routines at once. I always recommend starting with one, one thinking routine and something fairly straightforward like see, think, wonder or see, wonder, connect to start with. And you should use this thinking routine over and over again until you feel comfortable with it. So use it with different groups of people, in different circumstances, and also with a variety of materials. You can try out perhaps different artworks, abstract artworks, portraits, landscapes, photographs, or a variety of objects until you know this thinking routine like the back of your hand. So get to know it really, really well. And as you go, make notes on what worked and what didn't work and what you might need to work on for next time. And the whole point of a thinking routine is regular repeated use. So keep using this one routine until you are entirely happy and confident using it. Then and only then can you start to introduce more thinking routines into your repertoire. So don't rush ahead one step at a time. So now for the second tip, follow the steps. So do the thinking routines exactly as they are written initially, without trying to change anything. So wait to see what you learn from them before you make any changes or adaptations. And once you're comfortable with how the routine works, you can try using the routine in a variety of ways. So you can play with the order of the questions, for example, perhaps moving from see, think, wonder to perhaps trying wonder, see, think. And you can combine thinking routines together. There are also lots of variations on how you ask the questions. And if you go back to episode 16, which is all about see, think, wonder, you can hear about all the different variations that there are for this routine. And also, this is a great routine to get started with. So number three, allow time for looking. So I asked a question to the participants on my Art of Engagement Challenge recently. And I asked them to think about whether they regularly made space for slow looking or whether they started telling their groups what they were looking at. I also asked them to think about whether they started asking for interpretation straight away and whether they actually gave the group long enough to look before they started talking. And these are all things that I've observed over the years watching gallery teaching and guiding in action. It's so important to forget the looking part. It's really important to make space and time for looking at the start of every discussion. 
And this will help to get your participants focused, keen to participate and curious to start the discussion. So you can do this in a variety of ways. It can be done silently or in pairs, or you can guide the observation yourself. You can use words to direct the gaze of the participants to certain things like colours, shapes or lines. And if we start with a period of quiet or shared looking, then we might move on to stating what we see and describing what's in front of us. And this is really important because it allows us to see the whole picture. It leads to connections, it leads to insights, and it makes everyone feel that they're a part of this process of discovering together. And quite importantly, it also offers a level playing field in which you can start your discussion. Everyone can take part and no prior knowledge is required. And lastly, it really fires up wonder and curiosity. Also, another thing to mention here is to not go straight in with a question until your group have had a chance to properly look at the object or image. You should allow at least 10, 20 or 30 seconds of looking time, at least, before you ask the first question. You're basically allowing time for the group to observe and think before you ask any questions. So do let them look first. Okay, number four, allow thinking time. So we've done the looking time and now we're going to do the thinking time. So this can be quite scary for those who are perhaps uh, new to this way of working, those who are moving from a more traditional approach to a more discussion-based one. You should ask the question in your thinking routine and then wait. Now, this silence, that pause that you just heard as well can be quite deafening and your natural response is to want to fill that gap with more words, but hold off and wait. You need to give everyone the chance to respond to your question. You also need to give everyone the chance to look and think about your question. Open-ended questions naturally lead to more thoughtful responses. And these aren't instant answers. These aren't yes or no answers. So sometimes these answers take time to formulate and percolate in your participants' heads. So if necessary, and you find this wait time, this thinking time hard, count to five in your head before you say anything. Try to be patient and comfortable with the silence and think of it as thinking time. Okay, number five. The thinking routine is the vehicle for exploring the content. So with this tip, I want you to really concentrate on enjoying the process. The thinking routine is not the content itself. It is the way you explore the content. So each object or image or artwork that you work with has multiple interpretations waiting to be discovered. And the thinking routine gently assists participants with a structure and some carefully crafted questions to get there. 
As you progress and as you become more confident leading these discussions, you may need and want to add your own open-ended questions, clarifying questions, follow-up questions to it. But the thinking routine provides a flexible structure around which you explore the content. Okay, number six, it's not just about the thinking routines. So I was once told about a museum educator at a very famous museum who had taken part in one of my trainings and then had gone to their museum and told their guide team to just throw in a thinking routine or two into a guided tour when it was necessary as a sort of activity. However, that's not how I see thinking routines. They are not just an ad hoc strategy to add to your sessions, to your tours, to inject a little bit more interaction or participation or to liven up a dull program. In this method, the visible thinking in the museum method, it's really about the combination of practices together that make it really powerful. So it's the combination of slow looking, questioning skills, facilitation techniques, collaborative learning, and thinking routines that make this way of working so successful. Okay, number seven, make your programs participant-centered. So your role, and this may feel quite alien to start with, is to help facilitate or orchestrate the discussion. You are helping participants to discover things, to discover information, to find out things for themselves. This is not about providing content and facts. You are no longer seen as the expert. You are the guide on the side. So if you find yourself wanting to overshare or perhaps monologuing, and yes, we've all been there at times, ask yourself the question, could the group discover this for themselves if I asked the right questions? Okay, number eight, use thinking words. So as the facilitator, as I've just mentioned, you should model the language of thinking and encourage its use within the group. And you can do this by naming participants' actions. Simple phrases like, I see you made a connection, or we have a variety of theories here. So these sort of phrases uh, include words like guess, conclude, investigate, claim, uh, justify, reason, uh, reflect, question, doubt. These are all words that have to do with thinking. And the more specific the word is, the more it tells you about the type of thinking that has taken place. And regular and repeated use of thinking routines has been shown to help build this language of thinking and helps people to externalise their thoughts more clearly. So over time and with repeated use, you will find yourself and your participants adopting the language of thinking. Okay, time for top tip number nine. Remember, there are no right answers. 
So thinking routines are based on questions, to create discussions, to look for connections and to expand knowledge. The thinking routines encourage multiple interpretations of the source material. So that's whether it's an artwork, an object or even a newspaper article. You should remind yourself and your groups often that you're not looking for the right answer. You're looking for a wide variety of ideas, hypotheses, interpretations and inferences. Number 10, expect the best. So your participants will surprise you and surprise you frequently with the things they say, the connections they come up with, the ideas and thoughts that they might make during a discussion. And you should remember this when you're planning a session and you have doubts about the artwork you've chosen or doubts about the thinking routine that you've chosen. There's always sometimes a little voice saying, I'm not sure that this will work. You will be continually surprised and fascinated by what your participants are thinking and what they're sharing with you. And you will notice new things that haven't that you haven't seen or perhaps you haven't even thought about yourself either. Number 11, learning is a collaborative process. So incorporating thinking routines into your practice you are actually taking full advantage of the benefits of group work or collaborative learning. And this is where ideas are explored through group discussion and dialogue. And in this way of working, everyone benefits from the collective intelligence of the group. Individuals are able to use other people's thoughts and comments. They're able to build upon other people's experiences and interpretations, and it helps the discussion go further. And you can see the group as they reason together out loud. They put forward new ideas. They respond to and build on the ideas of others, and they generate further questions together. It's wonderful seeing this collaborative learning in action. Okay, number 12, we have two more. Number 12 is there may not be an end point. So with this way of working, you may not arrive at a final definitive interpretation or an end point to your discussion. But that's okay. You should embrace the process of the routine and the, the sort of discussion, the rich discussion that follows. The process of thinking is much more important than the destination. Okay, and finally, number 13, trust the routine. And I know I've said this before and I will say it again. Trust the thinking routine and give it time, even if you're unsure of the direction the discussion will go in. I've never had an occasion where it hasn't worked. Quite often, I hear people who are new to this method saying they're not sure whether a certain artwork or thinking routine will work. And it's worth switching our thinking here and changing from, I'm not sure this will work, to how can I make this work? So spending that time going through a routine and thinking carefully about each question yourself and noting down your thoughts, 
your ideas, your questions is a great way to inspire you with new ideas of how you could use it. Now, it may not work in the way you thought it would, but it will still work. And if parts of your discussion don't go as expected, then perhaps note down your reflections for next time. And it's worth remembering that changing to a new method of working takes time and practice, but it is ultimately far more rewarding for you as an educator and for the participants too. So there you have it. 13 top tips for getting started with using thinking routines in your art and object discussions. So thank you for listening today to this rebroadcast of one of my favourite episodes. Incorporating thinking routines into art and object discussions can greatly enhance the learning experience for participants and can help you to structure your discussions. So by following the 13 tips I've shared in this episode, you can create an environment that promotes curiosity, critical thinking and meaningful dialogue. Remember to start with one routine, allow ample time for observation and reflection, embrace the diverse interpretations that emerge and trust in the process. Through regular practice and a participant-centered approach, thinking routines can become a powerful tool for engaging with art and objects. If you'd like to learn more about my Visible Thinking in the Museum online beginners course starting on 5th of September, go to the show notes. It's the first course of three teaching you the foundations and practices of the Visible Thinking in the Museum or VTM approach. This is the method that I've developed over the last 12 or so years and the one my new book is about too. It's a combination of live classes with me and self-paced learning and you'll discover 10 thinking routines to start you on your VTM journey. All the details can be found in the show notes or on my website, thinkingmuseum.com. Thanks for listening today. Next week, I'll be back with a brand new episode. I'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.